Welcome to the LTC University Podcast, empowering and educating across the great state of South Carolina. Here we go. Welcome to the LTC University Podcast. My name is Jamie Preston, and today we have my friend. Uh, she's a corporate coach. She, she does private coaching with CEOs. She does coaching with professional athletes, and you name it, she has coached with them. Lisa Yacobi. Lisa, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Lisa, you have coached so many people, um, so many, uh, you know, um, kind of high functioning, you know, uh, people in, in your time. Lisa, tell me this answer to this first question. What makes a good coach? Well, I think today um, when we talk about coaching, people are a little bit fuzzy about what it is because it's really come to be almost synonymous with um, what you do as a leader mm-hmm. or to help someone. So I think the first thing is just to get a little bit um, clarity on what actually the modality of coaching is and then um, what would make you a good coach. So first yeah. of all, um, when people say they're coaching someone, generally, as I said, they're seeing it as a way of developing someone and enhancing their performance. But the difference between being um, a coach and being a leader or just someone that's helping someone is that a coach um, basically is in the asking rather than the telling mode. Mm. So I was trained um, in what I would call today classical coaching. In other words, I went to school for seven years for coaching. Right. So most people think coaching is just what you do when you're, you're trying to help someone and it's, and it's intuitive. And that it, you can use coaching that way. But when I'm talking about coaching, and I think that's what you're looking for, mm-hmm. I'm talking about formal coaching. And that's somebody that is able through questions and through sharing their insights and making suggestions to help their clients or the people they coach or supervise to access their own wisdom, their own intuition, intuition and knowledge. So it's really helping someone find their own answers. True. And um, it's a process of development. So somebody who's more in the asking than telling mode is actually practicing coaching. And to mm. the extent that you can create a space where someone can engage in self-discovery, I think that would make you a great coach, not just sure. a good coach. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. We've experienced, you know, anybody that's been in any type of sport has experienced, whether that be gymnastics, football, baseball. I mean, you know, typically people in their sometime in their lifetime have had a traditional coach and honestly, and, and the coach never gets on the field. They never, they can't do it for us, you know, when, when they're coaching. They have to be able to, like you said, bring that out of you and bring the best out of you. And and I think that's the way I look at it. They can't do it, but like you said, they can ask questions to really pull what's inside of you already there out of you to make you better. Exactly. Yeah. So... What are some of the biggest challenges when, you know, because I, because I really want people that, that are in management positions that, you know, like you said, they are more, more about telling people what to do. 
And sure, that may be quick and it may be a, kind of a faster approach, but it doesn't make it always right and you're not developing that person. What would you just say, say to somebody that's struggling with that side of it and instead of asking, learning to ask the right questions? So actually, I was in a coaching call today um, and we were talking about um, why coaching is preferable to just simply giving directives. Mm -hmm. And I shared with the people I was coaching, I said, what would it be like for you if I came over to your house and I said, you know what, I think you could have a way better life. So let me tell you what you need to do. I think you should set your alarm for an hour earlier. And here's what I, I think you should have for breakfast. And here's the way I think you need to start your day. You have to exercise. Um, I think get up at 7, exercise at 8, eat breakfast at 9. And you know what? I don't think you're eating the right thing. So here's what I would recommend for someone like you. And, you know, in terms of, you know, let me look around your house. I, I'm not sure you're really reading the right books for your development. And let's uh, purge here. Right. <laughs> Now, if I came to your house and I said, you know what, I'll purge the refrigerator while I'm at it and started telling you how you should live your life. What mm -hmm. do you think you would say to me? You, you would feel, um, I know you, what would I would you say to me, what would I what say, would you say, to, say you? to you? Lisa? I Lisa? would say, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you might be a little more rude. Get out. Well, not, you know me. I'm not, I'm not that way, but I'd be like, what are you doing? Get out of my refrigerator. <laughs> Get out of my life. <laughs> So the point is, people really don't like being told what to do. No, they don't. Okay, so that's what you wouldn't do as a coach. You mm -hmm. would not start giving directives. Yeah. So now there is a time and a place for directives. Absolutely. Sure. But there are times when you just want to say to someone, you know, this is what you need to do. And that's appropriate. But there are many opportunities to say to someone, what do you think you need to do to be your best mm -hmm. and have them tell you because you're going to get buy in from that person. And the premise of coaching is that everyone wants to be their best. Yeah. And the way to help them do that is not just to tell them, here's the way you need to live mm -hmm. or here's the way you what you need to do at work. Um, but it's to ask them. On a scale of 1 to 10, where do, where are you? What do you think you need to do to be a 10 if you're not there already? And let that person explore. That's what really the essence of coaching is. Yeah. Opening the door to that exploration for someone to be better than they are mm -hmm. How in a do, way that suits them. Yeah. How did you get yourself out of that old mode when you first became a coach? Because you're a D personality on the disc. You're, you're opinionated. You've got your opinions. You think you can just about every time look at a situation and say, this is what I would do. How did you change that mindset in yourself to really seek to ask more questions versus just telling? You know, it's funny. Just about every week when I'm coaching, I'll ask someone a question and Maybe it's a hard question, and it really a good question is a hard question. If, if someone has a quick answer, it's not really a good question. So I typically ask very hard questions. And sometimes somebody will say to me, well, I don't know, you tell me. And I say, if I knew the answer, I wouldn't ask you. I wouldn't waste your time. Hmm. So I'm really convinced and honestly always have been that 
although I'm as a D, and for those of you that have no idea what we're talking about, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. I'm pretty clear for the most part about what I want to do, although I have a coach myself and wouldn't dream of doing without coaching mm-hmm. um, for even a month. Um, I really do believe that everyone wants to be their best and they know better than anyone how to achieve that. And I really don't know the answers to the question I ask or I wouldn't ask them. And I do believe the answers lie within the client. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, every time I think I know the answer, I don't say it. I just put it aside. And I would say more than 90% of the time I'm wrong. Yeah. That what I may think is the best way to do something is so rarely um, what other people think. Now, there are times when I'm coaching when I would say I step into the consultant role. Mm-hmm. And there's something I really have expertise about. And it's a simple question, a how-to question. And I've coached so many people that, you know, there are certain skills that I um, will teach. Mm-hmm. So I would say in a coaching session, there are going to be times when you're going to step into that role. And so the coach really is coming out of um, the philosophy that the client has the answer. But sometimes you do want to just make it easy and say, well, okay, um, here are three ways that you might want to close a sale. Mm. You know, there, there, are, there are moments in a coaching session where you're, you're not necessarily coaching because you have some expertise that you feel it's appropriate to impart. Sure. So I don't want to give the impression that when you're coaching, you simply ask questions. Um, there, there's a time for you to share your insights and your suggestions and also your knowledge. Yeah. So that's, there are a lot of different modalities that are very close to coaching and all may come to play in a coaching session. Yeah. Are there any like general questions that you just always kind of have at the forefront of your mind to kind of work somebody through a problem? Um, yeah, but before we go into that, I just wanted to say, um, cause I did say you called me a D and for anyone that has no idea what you're <laughs> talking about, we're referencing DISC, which I use in my coaching. I don't think I go a day without coaching with DISC. And that's a system of looking at people through the lens of four personality styles. So anyone who's curious about DISC, and Jamie and I have discussed DISC before, and Jamie teaches it, so do I, and so do a lot of people we work with now. So it's just a really fascinating way to understand yourself and it other is. people and identify their needs how to persuade them, how to develop them and position them, sell them. It's multi, a multi-purpose, a system with multi-purposes. Um, and it's absolutely brilliant. And it's thousands of years old, originating from the ancient Greeks, but it's been modernized and it's probably the most popular system um, in, used in business today to move people forward. Sure. So back to your question, um, the big question in coaching you always want to ask when you start coaching is what um, is the client or person you're uh, coaching interested in achieving? Hmm. I, do, I think it's really has to start with what they, what challenge they're facing or what opportunity they want to um, leverage or address. Sure. Rather than you coming into the conversation with 
your agenda. Now, as a leader, absolutely, there are going to be times when you have an agenda and you need to tell them simply, here's what we need to achieve. Um, but you want, if, if this is not just you as a leader giving directives, but you really looking to coach them, you're going to ask them, I love to always start with an assessment, like where are you in a scale of one to 10? Mm -hmm. So let's just say you're looking at someone who you want to develop as a leader. My first question would be, um, on a scale of one to 10, where are you as a leader? 10, you're absolutely outstanding. One, you're, you're, you're clueless mm -hmm. on how to develop other people and enhance their performance sure. and achieve your goals. So I, and then I, I might want to ask them for their definition of a 10 leader. I might. Um, and so I have a, a process. It's actually a nine step process that I use and I developed um, in South Carolina house calls, actually before it had that name in its um, original um, state as Agape. So I developed um, this nine-step process, which I've taught to more people than I could count, so that every person could learn it and coach themselves and the people around them to success. Sure. So it's a, it's a pretty simple process. Um, but not easy. <laughs> right. And um, most and it's mostly about addressing the question that the client or the person you're supervising wants to answer and asking them where they are and what they need to do to be a 10 in achieving that goal or being that person they want to be um, in terms of their performance. Sure. So it's not like there's one magic question. You know, somebody once asked me, you know, he said, such great questions. Could you give me a list? And I'm like, all you need to do is tap into what you don't know. Mm. You know, tap into your ignorance and ask whatever you don't know. A That's good question good. is a question that you don't have an answer to. Mm. That's important. That's really good. Yeah, I think I think we're always we always want to be in the know. We want to, you know even pretend like we know what we're talking about. And you don't have to. You don't have to know. You just have to be curious. Well, I think you have to kind of come to the coaching session really sure that you don't know the answers. That mm. that would, if you think you know what other people have to do and that getting them to do that is a matter of just telling them, that wouldn't be a coaching session. Sure. I don't want to put down giving people directives because there are, there are times when it's just a simple thing and that's what's needed and mm -hmm. that that's what's important and coaching wouldn't be appropriate. Yeah. So I'm just distinguishing between having a meeting where somebody might just tell you what you need to do and you might just be reporting to them on what you're doing. Um, and in that conversation, you might, identify an opportunity for coaching and you might move into coaching. So you can kind of go back and forth. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be either or. Sure. Do you ever get to the point um, where you realize that this person isn't, it's not going to work? There's no way I can coach this person. Maybe there's somebody else that can, but is there ever a point where you're like, no, it's just not going to work. Maybe the personalities don't match up. You know, uh, you know, do you ever get to that point? Well, I went to coaching school, as I said, a fabulous school. It's still in existence called Coach You. 
And one of the things I learned there in the very beginning, and I believe to be true from my own experience, is that 20% of all people are just not coachable. Hmm. So if you're going to engage in coaching, 20% of the time, or 20% of the people you coach may not be 20% of the time. Sure. You might get lucky and not meet those people. But if you just, if it's just a broad spectrum of people, you would have to assume that 20% of them are not going to be coachable. So mm-hmm. whether it's you or anybody else, they're just not interested in that modality. That isn't the way they want to develop themselves or, or work. Um, some people in that 20% might just not want uh, to engage in that kind of deep exploration. It really requires someone to show you um, where they're not. So just like when you go to the doctor, the doctor is not going to be asking you for long on what's working. Mm-hmm. You know, After they say, how are you feeling and getting that big picture, they're going to start asking you about what doesn't feel good. Sure. And, that's, and you're going to have to tell them, this is where it hurts. This is where I'm not comfortable. This is what I can't do anymore. Or this is what I want to do and I can't. So you're going into an area where you're exposing things about yourself that in in the doctor's office that that may be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's the same in coaching. So there are people who just don't want to go there and tell you, you know, as a leader, I'm not a 10, I'm an 8, and here's where I could do better. There's people that don't want to open up. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't be really coachable. And then there are people who just think they're amazing and don't need to improve. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not really coachable, you know. Right. And they're not interested in going deep. Mm. Um or not interested in in engaging in this kind of conversation with anybody. Yeah. You know that maybe they are interested in improving and going deep, but it's it's just not something they're not going to it's something they're not going to do in a conversation. Yeah. Then there're going to be people that you might not be the perfect fit with and that I think would have a lot to do with going back to our conversation on disc. Mm-hmm. So I'm the D and I'm the, so there are four personality types, D, I, S, C. I'm sure a lot of people listening already acquainted with disc. So the chemistry, the really strong chemistry um, are between the opposites, D and S and I and C. Mm-hmm. So, and, and we love or hate each other. Mostly it's love. Right. So I love, coaching s people because i love s people and i love coaching d people i'm probably not uh, as strong of a coach with uh c people Hmm. because the d and the s just don't have a lot of chemistry uh, sorry the d and the c don't have a lot of chemistry and i might get a little impatient with the follow-through on the i although i love coaching i people as well Mm -hmm. but i've noticed that so Oh, I think most people are going to be better coaches with their opposite on disc. Yeah. And um, not as good coaches with the people that they don't um, have chemistry with. So you're an I, you would have less chemistry, I would guess, with an S. Am I right? Um, I'm an S too, so <laughs> I'm an IS. Okay. So, so you're not pure I. Yeah. I uh, Mostly, but I still have... I, you put on a good uh, movie that's a little bit of a tearjerker, and it may get me. So uh-huh. I, I so have that sympathetic side. As you're, I'm a D, so I'm really clear that I love to coach 
um, I love coaching C people and, and I people as well, but I think I'm a better coach. Um, cause I just see that most of the people that come into my private coaching practice are S's. So, uh, that's a clue to me that those are the people I coach best. And sure. that, if you're a coach yourself, the best clients for you will self-select. Mm-hmm. And so I just see that almost all of my private clients are S's. Yeah. So that's where the strong chemistry is. And there has to be strong chemistry chemistry between the coach and the client. So do you have notice that the people who come to you, whether um, formally or informally for coaching are a certain type? Have you noticed that? Um, you know, um, I haven't. Um, okay, so I, obviously, I connect oh. with I connect with the eyes easily. Cause, okay, but who would be who would be the people that come to you as a friend mm-hmm. on disc most most commonly? Probably eyes yeah. and and then C's just don't they they don't they're not begging for help typically, um, mm-hmm. you know. But I definitely connect with C's. I, I definitely do. The thing with the so C most, are most of the people in your life that you're close to eyes or C's. Probably eyes. Okay, so that's your clue that mm-hmm. that's probably who you're the best coach for. Because yeah. you're going to feel, when I say chemistry, I mean you feel connection. Yeah, and absolutely. And that's the, the foundation of the coaching relationship. Yeah. It's a very powerful connection where you really trust this person. Mm-hmm. The coach trusts the client and the, cl- the client trusts the clo- coach. That has to be there. Sure. Same like an athletic coach where we started. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you don't trust as the athlete that your coach um, want you to be your best, there's no relationship that's possible. Yeah. And vice versa. If you don't believe in that athlete and you don't trust them to really be putting, giving their all yeah. and putting themselves into it, um, the coaching, then that's just not going to work. Yeah. How important is really being honest with people, even when you don't want to necessarily, uh, which it's not probably not that hard for you, but how important is it to be really gut level honest with people while you're coaching? Okay. So I don't have anything else to offer except my honest response Mm. and my honest questions. Like I'm asking questions because I don't know the answer. Yeah. And that requires no, no game playing, no pretending. I have when I ask a question, I do not know the answer. And I'm always coming from that place of not knowing. And there's no pretending in this. You, mm-hmm. you either come from that place of not knowing you ask the relevant question that you authentically want the answer to, or there's there's no going forward from there. And also, I have a commitment to myself in my coaching and basically in my life that unless it's going to be harmful I'm going to just say what I think that mm-hmm. anything that pops into my mind, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I might not, you know, this may not be right, but you know, what about this idea? I, I'm not putting it out as an absolute truth, but sure. if it pops into my head, I say it. And I think one of the things I was taught and I teach, um, as a coach is you're going to have this I, ideas that pop into your head and that are very subtle and and even strike you as like what we call them inklings in the coaching profession not only am i going to share whatever pops into my head by way of ideas 
I'm also going to share those that voice in my head that that little inkling that may not make sense mm-hmm. seems to come out of left field and if if you're not willing to share that I don't know what you are going to share yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else you would say if you weren't telling the truth sure Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's too, I think some people you have to have going back to, you know, what you said, you have to have that trust with the coach and, and vice versa with the coach, with the, with the coachee, I guess. Um, and because if you're going to go deep and you're going to go further and further, then you've got to truly trust each other. And someone can tell you, can tell when you're being honest and when you're not. Sure. Like, you know, the expression, words from the heart go to the heart. As mm-hmm. long as you're sharing what genuinely you think and feel, mm-hmm. people are going to recognize, you know, how honest you're being and, and be honest in return. You just Absolutely. can't expect authenticity if you're not being authentic. And sure. if it's not an authentic conversation, it's not a coaching conversation. Mm. Yeah. So authenticity is huge. If you're not willing to say exactly what you think and feel and share even things that you think might not land right, mm-hmm. you, you really don't have a foundation for coaching. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think people that are being coached, you've really got to get out of your head and be open and vulnerable. Uh, if you're going to if you're going to break through to some to another level, you've got to be vulnerable and be OK with talking about things that you're not okay with yourself about and being okay with saying I'm a four, not a eight, you know? Exactly. So I always say it's like going to the doctor. You're not going to spend much time telling the doctor how good you feel Mm -hmm. and what works. You're going to spend most of the time talking about what hurts yeah, (laughs) or what doesn't feel right or what you're concerned about. And it's the same with coaching. So I am aware that people aren't, necessarily showing up as their best self in the coaching session because they're talking about what hurts sure in fact when people say to me i don't know what to coach on i just say tell me what hurts mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever you don't feel good about is something to coach on your our feelings are our navigational guide mm-hmm. we feel good when we're making progress in the areas that are important to us and when our experiences are in alignment with our values. And we feel bad when we're not progressing in what matters and when we're experiencing things that aren't in alignment with our values. So you want to know what to coach on? Whatever doesn't feel good. That's a great place to look. And that's (laughs) when people talk about what doesn't feel good, that doesn't make them look good. But I know, just like the doctor knows, you may be a great athlete, but you're in there talking about your knee sure. that hurts. That's not the totality of that athlete. They're mm-hmm. just they're So you, the coach and the client ha- or coachee in, in a business setting need to know that um, when you're talking about what you want to improve, there's that's in the context of a lot of things that, you know, where you're doing really, really well. So. That needs to be understood, and the coach needs to acknowledge throughout coaching the, the strengths the person has because they probably are going to be focusing on their weaknesses. Sure. And that's one way to deal with that situation, mm-hmm. that nobody wants to just show up and be vulnerable and talk about where they're a 4 and not a 10 if they're not being seen you know, um, fully 
and not having their strengths and good qualities acknowledged. So that is a big part of coaching to acknowledge what you know the coachee or client does well. So coachee sure. is just the word you use for people being coached in, in a business setting Absolutely. versus clients. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Lisa, you've given us some great things to think about, some great things to put into practice, really thinking through those questions, not trying to solve the problem necessary, but also being curious and and at genuinely asking the questions that you don't know to pull the best out of these people. Thanks so much for all you do. Um, this has been great. How can people reach you? Okay, just want to give a quick summary for people and then I'll tell them how to reach me. Um, so if you want to know if you're coaching or you're not coaching, just in your next conversation, just look at the proportion of uh, questions where you're asking versus telling. Yeah. And I don't mean asking information, but asking for ideas. So that's a, a quick way to know. And if you feel like you want to be a better coach, um, please email me at lisa at lisayacobi.com. And Yacobi is spelled Every single letter is the one you wouldn't think it is. So it's Lisa, L-I-S-A, at LisaYacobi.com, Y-A-K-O-B-I.com. Shoot me an email and um, be happy to help. Awesome. That's great. So Lisa, thanks so much for all you do. I know you've really, uh, you've helped me in the past. Uh, just, a, just a quick little story. I remember there was a time I was really struggling with the, with the quality quality of my work as a videographer and the quantity I was being asked to do much more and you really helped me think through how can I get through this where I was overloaded you know but being okay with you know producing things that, that they just needed to be quick they didn't need to be perfect and that was really hard for me and you really helped me get through that and really think through that and now I have a good gauge okay do I need this to be perfect or do I need this to, to be right and good enough? And uh, the, you've, you've been a huge help for that. Well, thanks for acknowledging me. Thanks for having me on your show. Really Absolutely. appreciate it. Cool. Thanks. Just a couple of announcements. Every single month, on the first Monday of the month, we have an event called the Community Leadership Assembly. You are invited, especially if you're an assisted living administrator or skilled facility administrator and a social worker. You can earn up to three CEU credits. At this event, you'll hear from a couple different speakers, and we're going to provide lunch for only $10. You don't want to miss it, so make sure you come to 1626 on Main in Columbia, South Carolina. You won't read Also, if you'd be so kind to write a review for the LTC University podcast, give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. We'd love for you to check us out on social media. You can go find us at LTC University on much. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Let's continue to learn together. Have a great day.